these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. I don't mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Senor. On a little Friday. Oh, no. Ready to get the weekend started? I'm afraid yesterday became, last night became a little Thursday. We're in a, oh, boy. <laughs> we're in a dimly lit room deep up in the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The Trump obsession. And perhaps more importantly, the news you never hear because of it. News that might actually affect your life, your family, your community. Nobody has a single minute for that. It's either, and this is this is kind of, it's similar to the uh, OK Boomer thing we were talking about. I've noticed this online. Trump supporters or nominal Trump supporters are throwing orange man bad at people to accuse them of Trump derangement syndrome. Anyway, here I am talking about Trump. OK, Boomer. So, uh, yeah, everything's about Trump all the time, and nothing else gets in the air. So we're looking at our local newspaper has got a series about the local uh, jail system and um, um, correction system. And and, uh, that's the sort of thing newspapers have been doing for centuries, covering that sort of stuff. And now, since nobody reads the newspaper, your local jail being out of control or city council or school system or whatever... Nope, sorry, no news coverage. The only thing that matters is what's going on in Washington, D.C., and particularly with the president. Um, and even more particularly with this president. And that's the only thing that's on any of the cable news, and that's the only thing that's on a lot of talk radio, and and nobody reads the newspaper. It's just, I, I, it's not going to be good. It's going to be a heyday for a while for local corruption. Mm. State and, uh, and, and city and county corruption is just going to run rampant. I would agree. Because things going on in your county... Who's paying attention to that? No, it's uh, the news has become, well, obviously, really entertainment-oriented, but it's a national gossip platform, and the one uh, figure that we all have in, in common can relate to is the president. Show. And so, yeah, the, the obsession with the presidency as our king, as the writer of all wrongs, or, or you know, the only person who could perpetrate a wrong, the only politician we need to pay attention to is the president. It's an incredibly un- unhealthy trend. It really is. And we didn't invent this. I mean, it uh, became obvious to us and a lot of other people, and there have been books written about it now and that sort of thing, but it's a serious problem. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I heard that the dude they arrested on the Mexican border turned out to have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So they got nothing right now? Yep. All those people got killed, and they currently have nothing. Right. They said, well, he had a gun, a weapon similar to uh, what was used in the attack, but uh, no, no. He's, Whatever he's, he was up to, it wasn't that. Uh, he's he's going right. to go away. Right. right. Well, they, they would have to take on the cartel. It'd be a war. Well, so they got nothing on Those that. guys have gone to ground. The cartel was hunkered down. They understand they've got a problem. So, yeah, it's not like they're going to be walking down the street. Imagine a murder like that in the United States and just nothing, no idea. Well, and imagine the government and the cops. Saying, no, I don't want anything to do with it, man. Because trust me, that's what they're saying. Wow. That is something. They're going to have to bring in the the, uh, federales. 
Um, let's introduce everybody the on the squad to kick off the show. There's board operator Michelangelo pressing buttons, flipping toggles. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. It's 22 days till Black Friday. And the reason I mention this is because this is when local news starts doing those reports of, and these people are already camped out in, you know, in sure. anticipation of, you know, people that have no jobs, apparently. Wasn't Black Friday kind of weak last year? Didn't we yes. decide it's kind of yes, over? It was, it's kind of oh, over. it's way over, yeah. But, um, How about Cyber Monday? Oh. The yeah, one I, day a year I can order stuff online. I you see, Jack, but... because people don't have good Internet service at home. So when they get into the <laughs> office, they do their online shopping. But apparently <laughs> it was <laughs> never true. It's especially not true now. But yeah. you'll hear about it from the bubble-headed bleach blonde on the uh, the TV news, to quote Don Henley. People that have nothing to do or no job, apparently this is when they start their camping. So. There you go. Yep. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Was interested to learn that uh, every year, millions of high school students who take the SAT, and then they use those things to submit their way into colleges. Uh, that is, uh, the SATs are controlled by uh, the uh, uh, Wall Street Journal Fund. Uh, that the oh, no. Aliens. And this is an investigation by the, the Wall Illuminati. Street Journal. Found the college board that uh, is the nonprofit that runs it. Okay. They sell uh, names and information to colleges... For the sole about about fifty cents per name, for the sole purpose of the college being able to enlarge its application pool to lower its acceptance uh, percentage to make them look more exclusive. Yes, yeah, oh, that's my funny. I was gosh. reading, I was reading a thing about that just yesterday. There's a term for it. I'll have to look it up. It applies to all of life, but it's a, a especially real an economic principle in college. Things that you do that seem like they would be uh, a bad idea, but are, yeah, <laughs> you're faking up because they end up being good. So you, so you lower the number of people you accept and, and fake that up to make it. Also, raising your price. There is a real, there's a lot of money in being the most expensive college in America. Mm. So there's regularly a battle <laughs> at the very top, and they keep raising their prices. So you can say, <sighs> so there, are, so parents out there can say to their friends, yeah, my son goes to the most expensive college in the country. That's the one he's going to, so. Which is a humble brag, obviously. I have so um, many jihads, I, I practically have to take on one each day of the week. Uh, but that that could be my jihad for the rest of my days, is exposing the great fraud that is college. That And, and you know, it's not entirely fraudulent, obviously, but it's so, so soaked now with fraud and distortion and stupidity and pretension. So they count uh, all those people as applica- applicants. Yeah. So they can say only, only 0.02% of people get into. Look at how many people we rejected from our right. establishment. We're extremely exclusive. You should dream of <laughs> And they were throwing here. themselves at the walls. We said, no, we will and, not open our and doors. And the people that you did let in, their parents faked and bought their way in. So right. Congratulations all around. Right. It's just and then the professors are terrified to give them anything <laughs> lower than a B. And okay. Yeah, For the few right. classes they do attend. Right, exactly. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. I got a wild turkey update from my uh, neighbor. Um, the alcoholic beverage or the beast? No, the feathered kind, not the liquid kind. He was telling me very excitedly he counted 28 of the birds moving through our neighborhood as 
if they owned it. He said it was unbelievable, a tsunami as of if, gobblers. As if they owned it. You could, you could tell by the look on their face, by the swagger, they felt like they owned it. There was right. one of them that was banging up a straight edge on a curb, <laughs> yeah. it all on the rain barrel. Yeah. And, and yeah. no regard for traffic laws. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he, too, by the way, has been threatened by the rafter of animals in the past, so mm. uh, he's uh, keenly aware when they start moving through. I was told I, I, sh- I can't shoot the turkeys on my property unless it's turkey season, which I'm not sure could be possibly true. Could it possibly be true? Oh, yeah. On my own property? Oh, my God, What man. if I say they're threatening you? my beasts? Then I got covered, don't I? And they're worrying your livestock. <laughs> or my children. <laughs> sure. Man, I sure. can shoot them, can't I? Are you just going to shoot them out of pure meanness, or you want to eat I would like or? them off my, my property. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love turkeys. They are threatening our beasts. I think they? South Park <laughs> covered this in an episode where you just have to yell as loud as you can, it's coming right for me! And then <laughs> and then you just shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Threatening moves. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. There you go. And besides that, I'd get fresh uh, turkey for dinner, right? Yeah, exactly. Tad gamey, from what I understand. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Thursday, November 7th. Yeah, you shoot them, they don't end up just all wrapped up like they're in the store in a plastic thing. And <laughs> sure, they do. Got the Jack. thermometer in them that pops out. Sure, and the, they the whole do. Thing. Shoot the feathers right off. <laughs> uh, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. How old is your son? How old is that young man there? How old are you? How, how old? Yeah. Eight. Let me tell you, he's eight. He knows energy better than Joe Biden's son. <laughs> Book out right now by Mark Halpern. You might remember him from the the game change duo of Halpern and Heilman, and he uh, he got me tooed. We won't get into that, but Halpern's been on the sideline for a while, but he's got a new book out, and the main point of it is he's talked to a lot of strategists around the country, the top people in uh, on the record and off the record, and and most people think Trump is really difficult to deal with as a politician, and is going to be very hard to beat. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, and they're going to be very hard to beat. And it's for those reasons right there. There aren't many people that could do that. It doesn't sound that hard, but there aren't many politicians that could do that. Right. Right. Or should. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a different question. (laughs) Yeah. But we'll have to talk about that later because uh, he he feels like most candidates don't have any idea what they're about to get into if they're one-on-one with Trump for a year. Right. Right. Or six months, or how many months it'll be. Oh, yeah. Hunter, you're a loser. His... But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Wow. I'll back at a gym. Yeah. <laughs> It'll beat him like a drum. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, there's a there's a recklessness that you need to have to kick it Trump style. I mean, if you have any consideration of should I say this, should I not, how will this play, is this in keeping with my image, uh, or whatever... If you have any of those concerns, you can't do it the way he does it. Hmm. Interesting. More on that later. What's, uh, what are your other headlines, Marshall? Well, the political poll predicting record voter turnout next year is actually getting some more backup as things move along. We're going to get into that. Twitter employees reportedly recruited by the Saudi government to spy. What? Yes. 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 And the fight against the West Coast bum explosion takes another turn. Coming up. Yeah, we didn't... Uh... I know we said stuff on the show, but we didn't tweet anything negative about uh, the Crown Prince, did we? I mean, I, I, I hate so. to have a dozen guys with a bone saw come into the yeah, studio I don't, and I don't say so. they want to talk to yeah. us. Uh, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's fine and dandy. Uh, there's some good uh, comment on the fattest 
states in the union feature of yesterday. <laughs> wow. Uh, so lots to talk about on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a guy like that who was a serious drug addict for years and years. I mean, he lived a lifestyle that was completely unsustainable. He, he about ruined his life and everybody who loved him, and then he got clean and died in a helicopter crash. Yeah. Durr. I don't know <laughs> what's your point, Joe. I don't know. It's just sad. I'm sad. Mailbag. It's party music right there. She started your weekend last night. What was the occasion? Uh, just got together with friends. Sort of. It's kinda. Wednesday and we're alive. That's the occasion. Yeah. Hey, we're going to be here. You want to stop by? I said, yeah, I do. And I stopped by. And I stayed. <clears throat> uh, for uh, no good reason, I decided to look to Dwight David Eisenhower. Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces World War II. For our freedom-loving quote of the day, I have two for you. We the people elect leaders not to rule, but to serve. Thank you for saying that. And then this one. If a political party, or both of them, sorry, I departed from the text. If a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and that is moral, then it is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. I'm to refer to the two major parties as the two major conspiracies uh, going forth from here on. I agree with you, Dwight. I got oh, commentary. Oh, thanks for saving the Western world. I got commentary on that, but I'll save it till later because I don't want to do too much of your, uh, your politics. But uh, right. the, the growing sentiment that our, uh, our system is dumb and we should go back to smoke-filled rooms. A lot of smart people writing articles about that now. Hmm. On both sides, yeah. from what yeah. I've seen, too. Yeah. Listen, this is apropos of nothing but... Dave uh, dropping a nice little note. Um, for some reason, he was reminiscing about or listening to the podcast or something um, of when I played the, the the tape of my daughter, who I think was 18 at the time, explaining to her two Italian friends that in America, the sound a rooster makes his cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> and they, first of all, they... They stared at her, wide-eyed and slack-jawed, then said, cock-a-doodle-doo, and she was trying to explain and or defend that tradition. Uh, I'll have to dig up that tape and play it for you again. Just Dave, thinking about it, he started laughing. He had to tell his friends or his family why he was laughing. He writes this note, and I started laughing about it. Yes, yes, my uh, international friends, cock-a-doodle-doo. Tim writes... Hey, guys, is it too early to be discussing 2024, meaning the election? Funny. (laughs) Um, The danger of opening with a question, Timothy, is that people might answer it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and you don't want to hear the answer. No matter what it is, you don't want to hear it. So, listen, here's what he said. Assuming that Trump has another landslide victory, GOAT, greatest of all time, We will get to see both parties running primaries for that election. And just so you know, 
AOC happens to have been born October 13th, 1989. That means she'll have turned 35, thus being eligible to be elected president a mere three weeks before the 2024 election. God help us. Thanks, Timothy. We'll check back with you in, like, four years at the soonest. Uh, oh, Jack, your day of the week theme meals. Mm, yeah, it was Waffle Wednesday last night. I made uh, waffles. Yes. For dinner. For dinner. And bacon. Waffles and bacon. Oh, it was a two-course it. meal, as I explained to the kids. A two-course meal. Nice. Uh, spaghetti Saturdays, is it? Uh, Henry changed it to Steak Saturdays. Oh, that's his favorite meal. Genius. Steak Saturdays is obviously a good idea. Especially because Sunday is the next day. Yeah. And a little pasta would be fantastic. But you're struggling with Thursday. Isaac, beautiful Meadow Vista, California, writes, just keep it throwback Thursday. Do leftovers. By Thursday, there's plenty of good stuff to go around. Leftover waffles? Bacon is okay. Leftovers in general. Oh. Not the previous night. Just, you know, Tuesday you had... uh, what, what's Tuesdays? Taco Tuesday. Taco That's Tuesday. how we got started. So you got, you got a little tacos left over. You got a little waffles left over. You got a little, uh, what are you having? Bacon. Uh, our two-course meal. Do we have Monday? Macaroni. Macaroni. Monday. So you got a little macaroni <laughs> macaroni and waffles. Which only really works with kids. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> how much time do we have, Michael? I'm bad at time. Spaghetti Sunday into macaroni Monday is kind of carb loading mm, at the yeah. uh, back-to-back well, there. Well, it's the beginning of the week. You need energy. Uh, so, w- we have a couple of comments on the fattest state and or least fat state in the union conversation, in including Utens saying, no way this is the thinnest state. I'm looking around right now. Travel more. And then I need to introduce you to the term California fat. Uh, but we don't have time. Okay. That's from a, a man of medicine. Fantastic. Um, Poll that came out yesterday, the most interesting thing I've heard about politics in quite some time, and Marshall's got it coming up next on his news. Boy, we've got your all-time blonde, haughty teacher sexing up a high school student story. Those are in the news almost every day. The teacher all always looks almost exactly the same. It's like the same person traveling around the country. It's at least 90%. Yeah, could be the same woman. Absolutely amazing. It's a particular psychological thing that fits a look. Yes. I think the look fits the psychology. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah. Um, anyway, more on that later. Right now, news with Marsha Phillips. Uh, the latest Politico Morning Consult poll finds 56% of registered voters do expect President Trump to be reelected. And the survey also discovered... Passions about Trump could drive record numbers to the polls. Now, let's pause on that first number Marshall gave us for a, for a little bit. 56% of voters expect Trump to get reelected. Yeah. Obviously, with an approval rating around 40, and about half the country wanting him impeached and removed. Right. I mean, that's not because he has so many fans that are. There, there's a big chunk of people out there that, that don't like him, but think he's going to get reelected. I don't know if it's either because they think. Their field is so weak, or they believe the whole, this is such a racist country, he'll win thing, or whatever it is. Probably a lot of different uh, rationales for that belief. That just eight, could be the power of the incumbents. Th- that includes half of independents and 85% of Republicans, but a third of Democrats think Trump will get reelected. Oh. I, don't, I don't think people are into it enough to start thinking about the power of the incumbency. I'll bet I'll bet a chunk of those third of Democrats, I'll bet the majority of them, it's because, well, we live in such a racist country, of course he'll get reelected. Mm. That's what they're thinking. 
If you want to drive them crazy, just say eight more years or 12 more years. <laughs> 16 would do it good. You'd really drive them into the loony bin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So 90% say they're going to vote. We I, I, haven't gotten to that number no, yet. No, 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 no. What? No, we, we did. Okay, no. go ahead. 92% of the respondents said they are likely to vote in next year's national elections, including 96% of Democrats and Republicans and 86% of independents. In case you don't follow this sort of thing, that would be unheard of. Yes. The record modern election is in the 50s, high 50s, not even 60% of voters turned out, and this is predicting 90%. Well, the number I'd really like to know is, historically speaking, what percentage of people who say they're going to vote, vote? I mean, when, I when I, it was I'm, the record 58% in what, 08? I'm not right. sure that would matter, though, because not, there's no such thing as precedent anymore. And the passion for the Trump thing, there's no denying the passion right now is unlike anything that's ever happened before. Yeah. When people said in 2008 they're planning to vote, and then they didn't get around to it, not that shocking. People saying they're going to vote against Trump or for right. Trump, they're, they're, they're going to change their day to get out. It won't be 90%, of course, but it just, it, we're, we live Sounds in a, like a wager-taking shape. We live uh. in a different world now. The, who, the president is the news every single day. Right. It wasn't that way even a few years ago. It's crazy. I don't know. But, man, if we got a if we got an 80% turnout, who knows what would happen? You know, and not long after that uh, poll was released, there was another report that came out from the California Secretary of State who said the highest percentage of eligible voters has been registered here in the state in 67 years. Over 80% of eligible Californians are now registered to vote. Round up the bums and the ignoramuses and then anybody else you can find and put a D next to their name. Now, this gets back to uh, what we were talking about earlier, though, the death of uh, local news and people paying attention yeah. to what happens in their cities, their counties, and their states. And that in the state of California, in an off-year election a couple of years back, they had like a 13% yes. turnout. It was a record low. Mm-hmm. So 90% turnout... If you have a president, up 13% turnout for your state. Because the only thing that matters is who's president. Right. That's not a healthy way to look at the thing. No. Meanwhile, the president did hold a campaign rally in Louisiana a week and a half ahead of the state's runoff election for the governor. He talked about the impeachment inquiry, the economy, the southern border and immigration, and 2020 Democratic presidential hopeful Elizabeth Warren. Pocahontas! is starting to emerge from the ashes. I thought she was gone. We hit her very hard six months ago. I give her credit. She's emerging from the ashes. Not a nice person. 1,024th Indian blood. I have more than she does, and I have none. I have none, but I have more than she does. I don't know who's advising him, and maybe nobody. I'm not sure he listens to any advisor right. on anything. But if I were Donald Trump, I would leave Elizabeth Warren be. Let her become the nominee. She cannot win. And I've got some examples of that coming up with an op-ed that's in the New York Times. But I don't know why he wants to pull down Elizabeth Warren. Maybe it's the old triple reverse, Jack. He just wants to frame it as if she's the inevitable I'll candidate. Build her up. Yeah. Oh yeah, five, six dimensional you know, chess. You could be right. That was the that was the theory with Biden for a while. You want to make it seem like it's already a race between right. Biden and Trump. Man, maybe that maybe that's what he's doing. Or he just score. doesn't like her and wanted to insult her. Or it just popped into his head right that moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
turn? I'd say, judging by the uh, well-crafted, practically ask not what your country can uh, style verbiage, I think maybe he was off the top of his head. <laughs> Didn't sound super prepared. Sounding not a Ar- nice person. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Saudi Arabia recruited two Twitter employees to spy on people who had criticized its leaders and policies on social media. That's according to prosecutors in a court complaint that's just been unsealed. The Twitter workers gathered confidential information on thousands of accounts that included prominent opponents of the Saudi regime, including their email addresses and Internet protocol addresses that can disclose a user's location. And the Las Vegas City Council's approved a ban on sleeping or camping on the streets and sidewalks in parts of the city when beds are available at shelters. The ban's going to go into effect Sunday. It's for the city's downtown and other residential areas. And only... When is the Supreme Court going to step in on this? The idea that a city could or should have real-time bed availability data when they come across an aggressive junkie, right? And let's see, do we have one or on 24th Street? No, sir, that one's full. How about 17th Street? No, I can't arrest him then. Sorry. Well, what is their current situation with uh, with uh, with beds? Do they have open beds that aren't being used so they can get people off the street? Or are they full up? Do we know? We do not know on this one, but it sounds like they do have open beds because... Because we hear a lot of different towns yeah. that there are beds available because right. the junkies don't want to be in there right. because they got all kinds of rules that you have to follow. Right, right, yeah. Rules and regulations. Anyway, the uh, the uh, uh, ban goes into effect, as I said, on Sunday. I mean, it's an unworkable law, but uh, if if you if we can use it to our benefit as the people that want to get these junkies off the street, right? By saying, look, there's there's, there's beds right over there. You either got to get up out of this park and go over to that bed, or I'm arresting you. Right? That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone should be arrested as long as there's a room available at the Bellagio. <laughs> How can a human being be illegal, Joe? Well, that's what I'd like to know. Devastating! What? Devastating! <laughs> One last note. Researchers at Texas State University are studying the impact of social media on users, specifically the phenomenon in humans known as generalized anxiety disorder. And they found it can be triggered by two social media user behaviors. The first, when they sit and make comparisons of themselves to others on social media who appear to be doing very, very well. I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever done that. Facebook is absolutely notorious for that, as is uh, Instagram. Yeah, I'm not on either one of those platforms, but yeah, I understand it's popular. But yeah, it seems like a bad idea. Seems like a bad idea. And the other behavior that apparently is triggering this anxiety disorder is tied to people making posts on social media while under the influence of alcohol. So, so they make a post and then regret it, and that yeah. causes anxiety? Yeah, or they make the drunken post, and that mm. sparks all kinds of, you know, discussion mm. and despair. That's Do not drunk tweet, folks. Do not. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> I'm so happy that this all came along post me quitting drinking. (laughs) Didn't exist when I drank. I'm just drunk. Ladies, keep your shirts down when you drink. May seem like a good idea to post a picture. Don't, please. Please. If there's visible nipple, it will cause a ripple. Just remember that. How about any political opinion? It seems like any political opinion, you've had more than two drinks. Why not to see if it's a good idea to tweet it tomorrow? Nah, I don't know. That's kind of funny. I enjoy those. (laughs) 
Well, I don't know. Way over the top, drunken, savage political opinions. The people that end up losing their jobs. And, oh, there's that. Yeah, that whole thing. There's that. On the other hand, somebody with that bad judgment, a drinker, Jack? <laughs> I don't want them with this organization. A drinker? <laughs> What's the organization? The drinking organization? Any organization I'm part of. <laughs> this show, any, they, but please, you're taking in intoxicating brews? Then tweeting? Get out. Um... So I got that teacher should tell you about. Oh, yeah, the, the comments on the fattest state in the union. We've got to get to those, uh, among other things. Why a uh, would-be falafel shop owner in San Francisco can't sell falafel. What, you're sh- what you should eat before making a decision, according to uh, scientists. <laughs> you have any tough decisions to make today? <laughs> what should you Maybe, eat yeah. before you make that decision? I don't know. Something. Well, you'll will know if you'll All stay right. tuned okay. to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. So, too brief. Emphasis on brief. Don't hit the dial. Impeachment notes. One, next hour we're going to talk to David Drucker of the Washington Examiner, who's taking a look at how many Republican senators could possibly flip, if any. That's the whole ballgame. That's the whole thing, isn't it, at this point? Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm that, tempted to add to that thought, but you said brief. I hate to, you know, not promise people. All right. Promise people and then not deliver. Your word means nothing, sir. And then the WAPO's reporting Republicans are weighing whether or not to call Hunter Biden as a witness in the impeachment trial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That would be a D&P show right there. <laughs> oh, boy. Woof and nay. Oh, boy. Hunter, so, you're a loser. So we were talking oh, about the fattest and least fat states in the union yesterday. Turns out uh, Mississippi, sorry. It's, it's a lot of challenges. Beautiful Mississippi. I love Literacy, Mississippi. obesity. Ah, yeah. Whatever. What are you going to do? Well, you're not going to read. <laughs> you're going to lay around fat, not read. Anyway, no, fine. That's, that's not, You'd be not perfectly ev- fine. Not everybody, no, obviously, not. and and throughout the South, those are the fattest states, and um, among the fittest are your usual suspects: uh, Utah, uh, Colorado, California, Connecticut, as I recall. Uh, this is uh, why don't we could just say, uh, 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 Doctor uh, Doctor Ed writes. Recently, I moved from California to West Virginia. I do heart surgery, and the OR table needs to be moved to different positions during surgery. The table has a weight limit of 300 pounds, and we are often discussing, uh, often pushing the outside of the envelope in West Virginia. I returned to California briefly and was discussing the size of these patients with a nurse, nurse who's from West Virginia but now lives in California. I told her that at 5'7", 200 pounds, I've always considered myself fat. She told me there's fat, then there's California fat. Apparently, I'm the latter. Mm. So, yeah, it depends where you are. Mm. I mean, if you're if you're uh, five seven, two hundred pounds in say West Virginia or Mississippi, you do not stand out. It's cultural norms. It's food. It's popular foods. I tell you what, we lived in the South for a couple of years, and and oh my God, I just loved traditional Southern cooking. What's not to like? 
It's fantastic. There's also a barbecue place and a pizza place in Charlotte that I will visit the next time I'm there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it isn't really good for you. I mean, it's like ah, Mexican, Mexican food. <laughs> Who asked you? <laughs> your, your cardiologist. <laughs> oh. eh, well, he should shut up. What or she. What are you going to do? Uh, Rich in Salt Lake City points out, uh, Utah's the skinniest, fittest. How can that be? Utah has at least three chains of drive through only soda shacks with locations all over. They sell sodas along with ginormous brownies, Rice Krispie treats, etc. So eat sugar and chase it with more sugar. Boy, my experience in Utah is a very fit state. Very fit state. Mm-hmm. My buddy who lives there, that's just, uh, I don't know if it's the Mormon culture or what, but very fit. And then uh, Rich, for good measure, throws in a comment on our dinner table events conversation. Uh, about conversations with the family. And he said the following four questions. We Everybody answers these every day. What was a bad thing that happened today? What was a good thing that happened today? How did you help someone? Mm. What is something you learned today? Mm, that's a good one. That is a good one. Speaking of culture, family culture, man, that's uh, that's much, much more powerful than, than the conversation itself, obviously. Sure. Uh, so thanks for the comments. Dinner table events. That's right, Mitt. Mitt's from Utah, and Mitt is what? He's fit. fit. Very fit. Fit Mitt. We got hooked on charades recently at our dinner table. Oh, Can't stop with the charades. And every time I think of it, I think about Elton John's new book in which he talks about how he was at a party where everybody was drunk, and Bob Dylan couldn't catch on to the whole syllable thing in charades, (laughs) which I find one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Funny. Guy who won the Nobel Prize in Literature. Right. Didn't get the syllables part of it. Yeah, what's that now? (laughs) (laughs) Three syllables, a weapon of war. Uh, tank? (laughs) No, three syllables, Bob. Warship. (laughs) No, no! No, three! Tommy. Dang it. Why weren't (laughs) iPhones around then? So somebody could have an iPhone out and get a video of a young Elton John and a young Bob Dylan drunkenly playing his charades. Come on now. Oh, my God. You talk about a video you'd like to see. (laughs) By the way, I don't know your kids well, but I think I know them well enough to tell you. Start calling it charades. Well, there you go. see how they react. (laughs) Uh, Boy, so the the teachers who uh, sex up their high school students, female teachers, uh, guy teachers should be shot. Female teachers, eh, you know, be, people have different views mm, on that. But pretty sick. I don't need them to be shot, but... There's a huge difference between a 13, 14-year-old and an 18-year-old. I'll in this case, that. it's a 17-year-old a boy that was having sex with his bleach-blonde 63-year-old Ooh, high school teacher. Woof. And she ha- has the same look. as all, It's usually someone around... Thir- late 30s. Yes. That's a pretty common thing. Starting to lose their youthful looks. And afraid they won't be the the hot chick they were in high school anymore, so they right. start having sex with high school kids, I guess. Exactly. Anyway, this woman looks like maybe she's been doing this her whole career and Yikes. just got caught. But she was 46 years older. Yikes. That's, 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 that's crazy. pretty weird. That's a pretty yeah, weird thing on. to do. Come on. Um, and then science tells go us this. Go hang out at your local college if you want to go the cougar Yeah, route. no kidding. It's, no. It, it, it's, it's not healthy or good for you either way, but if you got that compulsion, d- d- go with a 19-year-old. Go find some young bartender. Exactly. There you go, says exactly. the young bartender. Huh, what now? <laughs> <laughs> what to eat before making big decisions. This is science, people. Uh, food. Recent study from a university said people on an empty stomach are much more likely to settle for smaller rewards sooner rather than larger rewards that require a bit of a wait. 
if you're in uh, some sort of uh, negotiation or uh, whatever you're doing. Wow. So, well, yeah, it's like food. If you're hungry, you'll take not good food right now as opposed to waiting till there's a table, you know? But that's true for, like, your salary as well? Or Or would it be just like when you're at the grocery store and you just buy stupid crap when you're hungry? Is this kind of similar? But that extends to decisions. You're just in a hurry. You just want immediate, get this over with. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. UCLA study. It seems pathetic, but it rings true. Researchers found that people with lower serotonin levels were more likely to make decisions that didn't benefit them compared with those with normal serotonin levels. How do you get your serotonin level up fast? Meats and cheeses. Oh, yeah. Meats and cheeses. Oh, yeah, and they go so well together, too. If you're a vegan... I mean, if it was meat and jelly, for instance, that would would be less good than this. This is good news. If you're a vegetarian, you probably don't have the courage to ask your boss for a raise anyway, but if you did... Oh, boy. I'm so sorry he said that. Pumps and seeds and tofu. Vegans even more so. You probably don't even have a job. Um, Wow. Um, Yeah, meats and cheeses. So there you go. We kid because we love. Before you go into another big decision-making thing, if you're a little hungry, just jam in some, uh, you know, uh, Slim Jims and those little sticks of cheese they sell at the convenience store. I tell you what, I go with salami because your breath is so off-putting. That's a weapon as well. You gain advantage. (laughs) You gain advantage because the other person wants to get away from you. Really emphasize the H's and all your words. Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Exactly. All right, all right. $150,000 150000 a year, whatever. Jeez, <laughs> get away from me. I am here to tell you, and I'm not happy about this, but I'm here to tell you Elizabeth Warren is doomed as a candidate. What? Just because I think the powers that are lining up against her on the left are going to keep her from being the candidate. We've got well, more Biden's examples. Biden's doomed, too, isn't he? Who's not doomed? 